0: You're listening to Level Up with Melissa Zalouf from Iron Source. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Jess Overton, sitting in for Melissa Zalouf, and you're listening to Level Up, the podcast for people who love making, growing, and of course, playing mobile games. Today, I'm here with Bojo Jankovic, head of ad monetization at Game Biz Consulting. Bojo, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Jess. So we're going to talk about a bunch of different topics today, mostly around transparency and uh, and consent framework, TCF. And I really want to start with the basics, because I have to say I am I am by no means an expert. I'm by no means a novice even. So start, start me off at, at the real basics. Teach me like I'm a five-year-old.
1: Yep, OK. Uh, yeah, so TCF, or transparency and consent framework, um, is really um, a standard or framework by International Advertising Bureau or IAV. Uh, this is pretty much an organization or um, um, an agency that's trying to, uh, to create some standards in the digital advertising industry and trying to uh, you know, consolidate this. And so TCF is one of the standards that they created, uh, which, is supposed to, um, um, which is supposed to regulate uh, on uh, how uh, developers and in general uh, companies are collecting uh, personal data from the users for the purposes
0: of uh, of advertising. and it's it's been around for a little bit of time, right? So this isn't the first iteration of of the TCF. Correct.
1: Um, so uh, TCF has been around for a while. Um, at least since, uh, since GDPR was introduced, and I think that was the motivation for introducing the standard. Now, the latest version is TCF 2.2. Uh, initially, it was supposed to be implemented by 30th September 2023. Uh, however, the deadline has been pushed back a little bit. Um, so now we're looking at 20th November 2023 as the deadline for um, you know introducing the standard across the industry.
0: All right. So still close enough that we should really familiarize ourselves with, with exactly. what 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 the details are. So so talking about maybe what's new in uh, in TCF two point two.
1: Yeah. So I think that with TCF two point two, you know, they were trying to. Uh, um, to get rid of um, some of the things that um, maybe haven't been uh, perfectly implemented. And, and so they were trying also to uh, simplify things for the users and make uh, the framework even more transparent and, and everything around data collection and data processing. So for example, with TCF 2.2, uh, publishers will now uh, have to disclose uh, on the first UI layer uh, how many partners they're working with. Um, and so this uh, this is now considered um, in, an important piece of information uh, for uh, the users of apps and mobile games uh, to, to have. Uh, apart from that, um, now under uh, under all of the defined purposes for collection and processing of uh, user data, and there are eleven predefined purposes, um, IAB has um, has now said okay, so everything around advertising and personalized ads cannot be declared a legitimate interest, but it actually has to be on a consent basis. So uh, users have to consent in order for their personal data to be collected uh, and then processed uh, for uh, personalized um, advertising. I think those two
0: are uh, the two biggest uh, biggest changes from the framework. Understood. So you, you said originally that, this the the TCF was implemented or it was thought up as as part of the GDPR and and when we look at GDPR it's pretty obvious to me both in this in the size of the fines and who the enforcing body is who's really responsible there for backing this up now the IAB isn't isn't a isn't a uh, isn't a legal body is it so is there is there enforcement who does the enforcement how does that work.
1: Yeah, so I would say so. Of course, behind GDPR as as a as a regulation that's uh, that's live across European Union uh, since uh, since uh, 2018, this is enforced by European Union and every single country uh, that is part of the union. However, uh, TCF is not part of the of a GDPR regulation. Uh, it's not like a legal requirement. It's more of an industry standard that's being pushed by IAB towards the industry and towards all of the DSPs, SSPs, agencies, uh, ad networks, and so on. Now, why you and I are having this conversation now, I think it's because Google is also trying to uh, enforce this. And Google, being <laughs> Google uh, in the advertising world, I think that this change. Motivated by now, now by Google requirements, uh, will be something that that we uh, may see across the industry, uh, across other ad networks. Uh, you know, maybe coming in twenty twenty four or sometime,
0: uh, sometime soon in general. And and when you say that Google is trying to enforce that, can you can you tell me a little bit about what what that actually means for the average publisher? yeah
1: absolutely so uh, back in may this year uh, google made an announcement saying that for all of the users from the european economic area and the united kingdom regions uh, they will simply not respond to any ad requests for those users unless uh, within that ad request uh, there is also a tcf 2.2 consent stream So that's a a clear pressure on all of the publishers who are uh, monetizing their mobile apps and games with Google in Europe, because uh, Google is probably one of their uh, top two or maybe top three partners for monetization. And so if they don't implement this framework, they're not gonna be getting any ads uh, from Google. Initially, again, um, in that original announcement, they said uh, later this year um, as as a deadline for that implementation. Uh, however, uh, during, uh, during the um, next few months, uh, they announced that that's going to also be pushed back. And now officially the deadline for implementation is 16th of January 2024, which gives uh, publishers around two and a half months
0: to actually implement this uh, and, and comply with Google's requirements now. Well, two and a half months sounds like a lot of time, but I think, as we all probably learned in the last couple of years, it's not that much time. So certainly, for those listening who are not prepared, you know, now is the time to get prepared. I think that you know it's pretty obvious from what you're saying, Bojo, that if you if you're not in Google compliance, it's going to hit you where it hurts, right? You're gonna you're gonna lose out on on uh, uh, on on revenue on on uh, on dollars and or on euros, I suppose, for this for this case, and uh, and that's really. You know, probably the 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 best motivator for anybody in our business to to get to do something. But if 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 I if I take a step forward now, I've implemented. I've got the TCF two point two string. How might this change impact mobile apps and games once they've actually taken the step to implement correctly?
1: Yeah. So uh, first of all, you're complying with Google requirements, uh, which is good. So you're not losing any Google traffic, and your eCPMs ad revenue should be uh, stable. Uh, now, apart from that, you might even get a benefit of getting some additional competition into your, um, into for your inventory because uh, even now, maybe some smaller players, some of the DSP, some of the advertisers are actually asking for a TCF 2.2 stream, but because it's not so commonly implemented nowadays, especially in the mobile video games industry, um, we're just simply missing out on that, and so. Imple- implementing this standard, uh, we can potentially expect even uh, maybe some increase in eCPM, um, potentially even fill rates for publishers who had issues with that. I've seen some case studies uh, from CMP providers where publishers who had already implemented the TCF uh, they claimed that they had increase in average revenue per day active user from ads coming from an increased eCPM. Uh, so I think that that's pretty much what you can expect once you've already implemented it.
0: Okay, now, that's, that's clear to me, but we did hit a, an acronym here that, uh, that I do want to dive into. You said CMP. Yeah. What, what is a CMP?
1: Uh, okay, so um, CMP is a consent management platform. Uh, it's pretty much uh, a tool, uh, let's say, provided by, by different companies in the market uh, that enables you to actually generate this TCF 2.2 string that you're supposed to pass on to uh, an advertising network, uh, in this case, Google, uh, potentially in the future to other networks as well. Um, and so uh, CMP actually helps you with all of the logistics around uh, creating that consent and uh, consent stream, but also obtaining the consent itself from users. So uh, for example, how does the user experience look like uh, once they install the app? So one of the first screens they're, they're going to see there is going to be a message um, about data collection and processing and partners that uh, are going to get that data and all the purposes and so on. And users have a choice to consent. So all of that is pretty much provided by a CMP, who then, based on the answers of of the user, generate a string that can be passed on uh, to the network. And uh, CNPs uh, are tools that require developers to implement an SDK, software development kit, um, similarly to, to to those from head networks, in order for their
0: technology to work in your uh, in your mobile app. So you talked about the implementation of the SDK, and then and then there being really a, a UI UX that pops up first time user experience sort of thing that you you have to consent. You said you can consent or you can't consent, right? Are there other sorts of management that a user can do there within that experience?
1: Yes. So uh, the thing is that um, as an idea for a TCF, uh, the user should have as much freedom as possible in those choices. So what that means is that maybe on the first UI layer, you don't want to make it too complicated for the users. So you just give them two choices. Accept all or manage your options, similarly to what we see on the cookie pop-ups
0: right. on the website. Exactly. Right?
1: Now, if you click on accept all, that's it. You are moving on to the next screen. And according to to the data I had looked at, uh, most of the users, more than 90% of them, will just simply click accept all because um, let's face it, not many users actually want to manage their options, uh, especially if, if you're if you're eager to play the game. Uh, Now, the remaining, uh, let's say, maximum 10% of users, they're going to dig into the second UI layer, where they're going to actually see all of the purposes for which their data is going to be collected and processed, and all of the partners who are going to have access to the data. Now, a CMP enables developers to actually give users choice for every single purpose and for every single partner, whether or not they would want to allow that. And so in theory, if you have 200 partners, um, the user would be actually able to make a different choice for every single uh, provider uh, in the list. So they have a lot of choices there and then what is also new with, uh, with dcf 2.2 compared to the previous versions uh, is that even once they close that screen as part of the first uh, first time user experience let's say for seven day, uh, after seven days uh, they think okay i want to change my choices um with the cmp they will be able to go to the settings of the game and then uh, restart the flow, and in theory, they could play around with those choices, and and pretty much they have a the right to change their mind. That that's what it is. So a lot of choices for for the users. Although I don't think
0: they they will be using uh, most of them. I I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine they would be. No, for the most part. But uh, perhaps uh, uh, people in your line of work and uh, and lawyers will be interested in spending uh, more time than not uh, in that sort of thing. So you you mentioned that there. Are, that there are at least a couple of CMPs, right? So, so talk to me about that. That's an ecosystem that I've never never really invested much time in understanding. But how do you look at that market? Are there are there tens of providers? Are there just a few? Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, so um, Google has made, uh, as part of the, these requirements that, that are new, so they made a list of Google-certified CMPs. Uh, and if you want to comply with this Google requirement, you actually have to use one well, of the certified uh, CNPs. Uh, those CNPs have been previously certified by IAB, the agency that I mentioned, and only those that are certified by IAB, Google is taking into account. And um, if, if the company applies, uh, they would uh, be assessed for certification by uh, Google. Now, initially, there were only 11 um, companies that were certified, 11 solutions. Now, um, the last time I, I checked, I think there were um, more than 30. So uh, there's a, a big uh, list uh, of CMPs that is now available for developers. Um, and I would say that apart from all of those that are already certified, uh, and you know you can just use them as an out-of-the-box solution, um, a company uh, can also in theory decide to create their own CMP and then go to the certification process first with the IAB and then with Google and then just use their
0: own CMP if they prefer to. Sure. That makes sense. So with with more than 30 options in the market, what what does one look for in a CMP? Are there features or are there, how do you how do you make that choice? Yeah, um, that's
1: a good question. And uh, like after the announcement was made, I was trying to understand that, and it took me pretty much two months of research <laughs> uh, to really answer that question. I'm, I'm going to try to summarize it in less uh, than a minute, <laughs> hopefully. So uh, when it comes to CMPs, there are different aspects to be taken into account. Um, I realized during this process, during this research, uh, that maybe around um a dozen, maybe up to 20 uh, different criteria is something that makes sense to take into account. Uh, to give you some uh, some idea, um, things that I was considering when evaluating all of these choices uh, were things like feature set. Um, so clearly, what features do they have? Can, can you do A-Testing with them? What kind of visual changes you can make? Um, do they have an API available? Um, you know uh, what kind of customer support do they provide is it is it more like uh, you know managed service or it's more uh, out of the box kind of thing plus uh, what was interesting for me uh, especially was uh, whether they're only supporting GDPR uh, and tcf consequently as um, as a mechanism or they're also supporting other regulation because looking ahead a little bit Um, You know, uh, this may not be the only requirement that Google imposes on us. And although right now they're asking for TCF 2.2, further down the line, they might ask us to implement CCPA for California users or other regulations. And so I think it would be very tiresome just to uh, implement another CMP um, uh, one year from now or, or change it even. So I was also looking into which regulations um, they're supporting. Uh, and so, like, these are some of the things that I would highlight maybe as the most important when it comes to uh, different criteria when assessing SIEM.
0: I guess looking forward also at, at the integration of other, you know, CCPA type, type of things that, that you, you know, you mentioned the opportunity to, to develop it in house, but with, with an uncertain future of what other of these frameworks are going to be implemented, I guess that's really the pretty big turn off about doing it in house, right?
1: yeah i mean i cannot imagine uh, a company uh, creating their own uh, cmp like the, that's within the mobile video games or mobile a- app space unless they're absolutely huge and they're making uh, you know
0: yeah.
1: dozens of millions of dollars from advertising revenue and then they want to keep everything tightly under their own control uh, and then it makes sense to invest development time legal resources because these regulations are changing all the time so as a small studio, I don't think it's just like worth the effort to keeping an eye on all of these regulations, oh, legal nice. teams, yeah. um, necessary nice. changes, implementation, nice. updates. It's a lot of work and like gaming companies want to do gaming uh, sim- in a similar fashion. Why many developers are not developing their own mediation, actually most of them, but they're going to big companies. Uh, that are specializing for those products in a similar fashion I I am thinking of CMPs and maybe this would be interesting for for the listeners but from the list of all of Google certified CMPs the last time I checked there was only uh, one or two gaming companies that they had their own uh, CMPs so uh, yeah uh, with thousands of companies in the space
0: I think that says a lot yeah, absolutely. So that that certainly would be what you would call your best practice for implementing the actual uh, the actual tool here. But if we look at uh, uh, if we look at beyond the best practice of who to use or how to implement from the first place, can you talk to me about about some other best practices for CM CMP implementation? What do you recommend uh, uh, to 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 people that you work with on 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 how to do this? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, maybe maybe
1: one of the things that I, I left out when we were talking about the criteria is obviously the price, right? Sure. And so <laughs> uh, for different companies, budgets um, uh, might be more or less important in terms of like the cost for this actual service. Uh, I would say that if you're a small de- developer, definitely go with a third-party CMP. So one of the Google certified uh, out-of-the-box solutions. So that's, that's number one. Evaluate different solutions. So you make sure that you have a feature set that you're happy with and a business model that makes the most sense for uh, for you because different CNPs have different business models. Now, when it comes to the implementation itself, I think it's very important that you take up the user experience uh, and you try to make the most convenient uh, user experience and user flow because at the end of the day, this is going to be another pop-up so, you need to think if you want to redesign the first, that first flow um, and for European users uh, in order to reduce the friction and make sure that, not, that you, you don't have any extra users needing your app because of this extra uh, screen. Uh, also, I think this is a good time to uh, uh, reevaluate which partners you're working with because uh, maybe some of the networks you are working with are not really contributing um, in terms of uh, the value uh, and then just having more partners than you absolutely need to have uh, within your stack uh, can also be helpful in the context of this situation especially because within this flow you actually need to show not only partners that you are directly working with but actually, there's a list of TCF partners, which has around 1,000 providers. You don't want to really uh, list all of them because that can scare users away if you tell them hey, sure. 1,000 partners want to collect data. For uh, sure. So those are definitely some of the things I would be thinking of when uh, when implementing this. And then because there's no real motivation for uh, developers to implement this beyond European Union, at least when it comes to those monet- monetary motivations, uh, I would say that um, uh, we're advising um, companies to implement TCF 2.2 2 only for users coming from
0: EEA uh, and UK. Got it. And is there so you, you you talked a lot about the actual stack there if I'm if I if I'm I'm looking at that correctly in terms of the actual sort of you know the buttons the w- the way that it looks is that is there is there a B testability within that because it seems I mean I'm not I'm not thinking very creatively about it but it seems pretty cut and dry right you've got you've got modify you've got accept and uh, you know there doesn't seem to be a lot of place to take that a B test but maybe there is.
1: Yeah, so I would say that there are definitely some things that you can do better uh, or worse. So um, doing it like like you just described, having an accept button and then manage options button rather than reject all is definitely the way to go because if you surface on the first layer, the option to decline everything, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, you might get into a situation where you have a a low uh, consent rate, uh, which is definitely not something that's, that's, that you want to be in. Yeah, so man. definitely having two, bu- yeah, two buttons, only accept all and then manage options. Um, and then uh, again, you need to yeah. figure out how you want to list and the partners. And then even uh, some parts like visually and the wording can be modified. Some parts are actually fixed and then you cannot really change them if you want to comply. Uh, So you can use A-B testing, and I know some companies that that have done very thorough A-B testing in terms of the pop-up itself, but even the CNPs, and uh, again, different companies will have different approach. If you're making five to 10% of revenue of your overall revenue, uh, and they're coming from ads, um, you know, that's a different story compared to a company that's making all of their revenue from ads. So that's making all of the revenue from ads. They're going to invest more time in even A/B testing different CMP uh, solutions. And then also among our clients, uh, there was there was a situation where you know we have clients that have 100% of revenue coming from Europe, and for them this is crucial. They have to get it done well. Uh, compared to some companies from our portfolio where they're making two-thirds or maybe even 90% of revenue coming from U.S. And so they're not as affected by these changes and and hence less motivated absolutely to to make those changes and and, and optimize And they they would just rather go with a quick solution or maybe even wait to see how the market will react, how the big guys are going to implement it and then just copy-paste the solution.
0: Right. That makes sense. You talked about... uh about the fact that you can you can turn it on and you can turn off this dialogue for users depending on where they are, right? And that seems like it's pretty low complexity. We know European Union, what its boundaries are. We know that we want to show it there. We don't want to show it in other places. But within that, there are partners who require TCF 2.2 string. There are partners that don't require it, right? So Google, we know, requires it. A bunch of SDK networks, uh, uh, you know, whatever that, that maybe aren't there yet. Does that add another layer of complexity to how this this integration, if you want to call it that, works?
1: Yes, absolutely. So for me, that was one of the biggest dilemmas when I was doing this research, and and I think that there are a couple of uh, approaches. Uh, but for for so right now, what is clear is that for Google, you definitely have to list them in this CMP flow because you are basically getting this ECF consent string in order to be able to pass it on to that. Uh, Now, there are a few more networks right now uh, that are uh, at least supporting TCF. So they're not requiring it, right? But they are supporting it. So they pretty much what it means is if you have a TCF 2.2 consent string to send to us, we will accept it. If not, not, we will still be able to show ads and and that's it. So like there are uh, cases like that. And then there are some networks who just They simply don't recognize uh, this string yet, and they will simply ignore it if you try to pass it on to them. So I think that in that regard, you have to differentiate between these uh, three groups of uh, networks right now. How it's going to evolve over the next few months or years, it's difficult. I I have to be honest that networks haven't been too vocal about their intentions uh, and plans along these lines, but I like Google being Google, uh, I think that they're going to lead the way for, uh, for other networks to, uh, to, 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 f- to follow in, in their footsteps. And maybe one interesting uh, question I've been getting is, you know, because we're talking about Google, Google is a Google, uh, asks us to, to collect this consent. Some clients of, of mine, like friends in the industry have been asking, OK, but so this is only an Android kind of thing, only for games on uh, Google Play Store. Uh, But that's not true because, like, this is not coming from the Play Store team. This is coming from the Google Ads team, which means that even if your app is available on Apple App Store, you still need to comply because you're using Google Ads uh, for users that download the game through Apple App Store. So this is bigger than the platforms. You have to do it both on iOS and Android
0: if you're working with Google Ads on those platforms. That's a great point. That's a great point. Well, listen, Bojo, I think you've you've summarized both the the, the theory and the practice really nicely. You got to do a little bit there of prediction, and that's where I wanted to push you towards next year what we're going to see. So, so it sounded to me, and you can confirm or disconfirm, like you think that that others are going to follow Google's lead, right? They've, we we know that they're often the trendsetter in a lot of these types of things. Is it, the the rest of the industry is going to follow suit?
1: Yeah, so that's an interesting one as well, because um, some of my clients who um, who have a European area as non crucial for their ad revenues, uh, they're saying, OK, but now like they're trying to, you know, calculate whether this is worth the effort or not. So. The thinking goes like this, okay, Europe right now is not that big for us. And then Google within Europe is even smaller. So if we lose Google ads in Europe right now, that's not too bad. Like we can invest our time and effort and resources into something else. Right. And that makes sense as long as other networks don't follow. But (laughs) my gut feeling is that like at some point, maybe later in 2024, other networks will, will do it because there's simply no reason why not to do it because, like all of the like backlash and frustration from developers has already gone to Google, and they already had to do it for Google's sake. So now that uh, there's nothing stopping other networks really from implementing uh, the standard and asking publishers to do it because they already have it implemented, so they just now need to pass it, pass this signal on to other networks, and this may open more advertising budgets for the industry. So even from that perspective, it kind of makes sense for others to follow. But uh, I don't know, maybe if we have this conversation a year from now, maybe I realize I was wrong, but
0: let's see. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I think uh, I think what your argument holds water for me, certainly. It seems reasonable. I want to take you now beyond TCF, uh, where obviously privacy has been a hot-button topic for quite a while. We're talking about the privacy sandbox in the not-too-distant future. Give me some of your other predictions for the industry in the next year with regards to privacy.
1: um, uh, That's a hard one. I would say that like in general, like gaming industry in in particular, I think, and like probably mobile apps as well, um, it's it's not a fun topic, right? It's hard to see a benefit of, of dealing with this, investing time and effort and resources when what you want really want to do is develop a cool new feature for your game. So I think that like even with GDPR, which has been uh, live for for more than five years now, um, not much in the industry has changed. We've seen some cases recently, I think maybe in France, um, with some fines being um, uh, imposed uh, by their governing bodies. So I think that those few cases gave kind of like a spotlight um, on those particular companies and those particular cases. But I think that gaming is still seeing this more as an incident than than, uh, like a real threat to their businesses. And I think that we're still far from companies doing like things proactively, right? Uh, And that gaming will try to do the bare minimum in terms of privacy for as long as they can. uh, Because I think that it's not only about um, like respecting the regulation, but also uh, if developers actually see some sense and the the benefit for the users. And if I'm being honest, I don't think that that that's the case. Uh, Maybe just uh, as an anecdote, I think that this year, King released a very, very interesting um, flow for the privacy when when, when you install their game. Everyone in the industry was talking about it. it was like a big, you know exception nobody really deals with that nobody bothers to explain to users why it's important to go through the privacy policy nobody tries to really simplify it king did an amazing job and i think that like on a few slack groups that i was on everyone was talking about it um so i think that like you know things like that are still an exception and they will continue to be but what we will see from the regulators is definitely more of like more pushback and like more uh, more demands for for our industry and like I think every industry in the world really, but especially the one that can that digitally transforms and, and uses the data uh, for for the industries to comply more and to abide by more strict rules. Uh, to put it that way.
0: Well, I think you're right about that, Bojo. I want to thank you very much for both your insights and uh, and your explanations. I think uh, I asked you to explain it to me like I'm a five year old. And I think you 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 got pretty darn close. So uh, I hope that uh, I hope that everybody listening has gotten a lot out of it. I've certainly come into this not knowing very much and come out of it knowing quite a lot. Well, thank you very much for uh, for coming on today, Bojo. Thank you so much for having me.